welcome back to another episode of the Good Business Podcast and today we are at the Oxygen Therapy Works and I'm here with Jenny Donnelly who is the general manager for the for the general practice manager. as well. So thank you so much for coming along today and speaking to us. We're really excited to hear all about the charity and the work that it's doing. So we believe people are at the heart of good business and that's why we wanted to speak to yourself today because we know that you are obviously the manager here and I suppose charities are also at the at kind of heart of that as well. Um, and we really wanted to hear a little bit more about you. So do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and how you got involved with um, Oxygen Works as well? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Jenny Donnelly. I'm the general manager here at the Oxygen Works. Um, so before I came to work here, I've been here for 18 months. Um, before I came here, I was working in a you know sort of high-profile commercial you know um, business, um, which I've been doing for 14 years. I was involved with sales originally and then procurement, um, and then obviously lockdown. Um, and as like you know, a lot of people um, just had to be look at really what I wanted to do and if I still wanted to be in that sort of environment. Mm -hmm. um, the hours weren't really suiting me as much anymore, so I wanted to sort of have a better work-life balance. Yeah. Um, and it just so happened I knew about the Oxygen Works through a friend of mine that actually attends the centre. Um, so it just so happened I followed them on Facebook and it came up that they were looking for somebody for an operations manager. So I applied for the job and lo and behold. I got it. Yay! <laughs> Best move I ever made. Uh -huh. And uh, do you do you enjoy working here? Do you want to tell us a little bit about like what your role is and what you kind of do in the day to day? Absolutely. This is. Um, I think everybody says when they walk into the building, it really you know a lot of our clients have said it just feels like walking into a giant hug. Um, we're a very small but mighty team of five. There's only five of us here. Um, two of which are full time, three part time. Um, so we run our services, um, hyperbaric oxygen therapy, we have massage therapy, we have acupuncture, um, we have a private physio team that we work with as well. Um, so there's lots and lots goes on yeah. on a daily basis within the Oxygen there's Works. There's a lot to, be, to keep, keep account of, isn't it? <laughs> you must be a busy lady. <laughs> of course, we are very busy. <laughs> so it, you've said there's, there's five five of you that work here, mm -hmm. so what, what are the other kind of roles within the team? What do they do? Are they doing these treatments or do they do other things? What kind of... Yeah, so the core team that work within, um, just for the charity itself, are um, we have our CEO, we have myself um, as a general manager, and we have three members of staff who generally work the, the chamber. Mm -hmm. um, they're chamber operators, but they also deal with things like we run wellbeing groups, so they you know help support the wellbeing groups. Um, and we also have Kasha, who um, also works with private um, physio team Move Forward. Mm -hmm. uh, she's training to be a physio assistant. Oh, wow. um, she's doing her training with them, so we allow her a day a week to go and work with Move Forward. So she's been finding that incredible and learning loads as well. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, it sounds like there's lots going on, definitely. <laughs> what would you say, I know you'd said you'd seen the advertisement on Facebook, but what made you move, maybe even particularly from, were you in private sector before to going into charity? Yeah, what so kind of influenced you? I'm involved with another couple of charities, Step mm -hmm. Up For Sam and Dream Believe Achieve Highland. Um, and it was actually, the, the true story of it is, I contacted a friend of mine and said to her, she's a, she does coaching, and I said to her, I'm, I'm a, randomly applying for loads of different jobs and I, I know that I'm not really centred enough in what I'm, what I'm looking at and what I want to be doing. And uh, she gave me a very simple task and she said, well, here's something you can try. She said, just write down your skill set and write down what brings you joy. And the thing that has brought me the most joy um, in recent years is doing, is doing the charity work and raising money. Mm -hmm. um, so 
that prompted me, you know, to start sort of narrowing down my search and looking at, yeah. looking at charity work. And what specifically in charity work was it that you were really like enticed by, especially here at like the Oxygen Works, what kind of brought you to them? Or people, helping people yeah. and, uh, you know, making their lives better mm-hmm. as much as, much as you know, just doing your own little bits sort mm-hmm. of thing to improve people's, you know, quality of life. Yeah. So do you want to tell, because I'm sure, I I didn't know before I came here, but I'm sure a lot of our listeners maybe might not know as well, but do you want to tell us a little bit about Oxygen Works and like how they came about and, you know, for somebody at home who's maybe thinking about, well, what kind of services do you offer? Could you explain a little bit Mm -hmm. about that? Sure. Well, the Oxygen Works has been here for 31 years. Oh, wow. Um, I know everybody says that. <laughs> I didn't know you were here. Um, so the Oxygen Works has been here for 31 years. We just had our 30th anniversary last year. And um, we provide hyperbaric oxygen therapy for um, for anybody that wants it, really. So predominantly, we see a lot of people with MS. We used to be known as the MS Therapy Centre. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, we were set up by four people who all had MS. Um, so we're supporting people with MS. Now we're um, supporting people with fibromyalgia, um, you know, people that are recovering from operations, mm-hmm. any sort of, you know, post-stroke, um, people that, you know, have various different neurological conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have people travelling from across the whole of Scotland to come in and use our services. Oh, wow. There are different, um, there's other centres like ours across Scotland, but some of them are MS specific and will only nice. see people with MS. Okay. Whereas seven years ago, we rebranded as the Oxygen Works um, so that we could, you know, embrace other, you know, other people and just make it an all-inclusive, yeah. you know, um, rather than just MA-specific. Yeah, and you'll have to excuse my ignorance, but what does hyperbaric, like, oxygen mean? What does that, like, mean specifically? I'm sure there's probably a few people listening who might not know what that means specifically as well. So when you go into the chamber, which is an old diving bell, mm-hmm. um, you're in with five other people. So basically you're putting on an oxygen mask and breathing pure medical-grade oxygen, um, in a pressurised mm-hmm. area, so mm-hmm. the chamber gets pressurised with air, right. and you're basically when you're breathing in the pure medical grade oxygen, the air that you're when you're under pressure is pushing that oxygen mm-hmm. into your. Yeah, and there's so much like I've seen so many kind of like scientific kind of things coming out recently about just how important it is like breathing and just oxygen in general, mm-hmm. and how much it like really really benefits your health and Absolutely. just breathing properly. They say is actually and I seen it was actually on a podcast I seen this morning. It was talking all about oxygen and how mm-hmm. breathing properly helps with that. And actually, a lot of us don't breathe properly. And I was like, wow, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's quite interesting to come here today and hear that as well. Yeah. Have you have you been in the into the chamber yourself? What does it kind of look like inside? Yes, I have. So um, it comfortably sits five, mm-hmm. um, really comfy seats. You can take in your iPad, your phone. You can listen to music. You can do puzzles. You can do whatever you like when you're sitting in there. Anything that's going to keep you occupied for the sort of hour and a quarter that you're in there. Okay. You do have to wear a mask. At first, I thought it might feel a bit cumbersome, but actually. Once, once it's on, you're used to it. Yeah. Um, and I went in with a friend of mine, like I say, who attends the centre, and he had suggested that I listen to music because it can be quite noisy. Mm-hmm. So I had music on and I uh, was really nervous going in, but apparently when I came out, I'd been singing and I hadn't even realised. Oh, wow. I was just relaxed when I was in there. I was kind of <laughs> like to the proclaimers. <laughs> so is there a singing career in the future yeah. for you? <laughs> We've heard it here first, folks. So it's very relaxing. <laughs> That's I, I, I think I quite enjoy that actually. I could go in there with my Lady Gaga and just have a wee jam, I think. So, I mean, we've, we've talked a little bit about like the kind of 
mission statement, I suppose, of the Oxygen Works. But what kind of like drives the company? I know you talked about some of the services that you're, you know, some of them specifically for MS and wanting to widen that. But what do you think drives the company at the heart of it? Hmm, that's a difficult one. I would say essentially the people. Um, really what we want to do is be a leading centre of excellence for hyperbaric oxygen therapy in the Highlands. Mm -hmm. um, as I say, there's, there's, there's people that travel regularly from the Western Isles, Orkney, um, East Coast, you know, we've had people travelling up from the Central Belt, wow. you know, so um, we really want to just basically be there for, for all these people mm -hmm. that, that need us. Is this the only hyperbaric one in Highland? Is this the only centre for it? No, there's no. one in Wick. Is there? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And there's, there was one in Portree that shut down through Covid, there was one in Orkney that closed down through Covid. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the centres are volunteer run. Mm -hmm. You know, because they're, they're charity. So whereas we're more of a sort of an or, you know an organisation with you know the sort of business yeah. side as well. So, um, but a lot of them are volunteer run. So over COVID, you know what comes across really clearly um, with you, and I suppose probably with the rest of your team, is that you really want to connect with your service users. I wonder if you've got any, and I'm sure you've got loads, but I wonder if you could tell us maybe even a few stories of success that you've had with clients. Um, or any kind of um, like good good soul food stories to share <laughs> Feel with good us. Stories. <laughs> it's amazing because they happen all the time. I mean, th there's various different ones. There was one that was in the press recently um, regarding a couple that um, of volunteers here and, they, and Barry was in as a, a, um, a service user um, and he was seeing the physio team. And he's, he has MS and he's been in a wheelchair for a long time. Um, but he managed to get up at his wedding to Emma and uh, do his first dance um, just through you know hard work and exercise with the, the physio team. Um, in terms of the, the chamber, we see people all the time who are recovering much quicker from breaks, hip replacements, um, wound healing. Um, so we have we have a lot of a lot of feel-good stories really that happen all the time. The well-being groups that we've set up over the past just well yeah, just over a year we set we started a a men's wellbeing group um, that was set up based on a meeting that we'd had with the MS nurses for the Highlands. There's only two full-time and one part-time MS nurse for the whole of the Highlands. Wow. So they've been really, really stretched. And um, after COVID um, and lockdown, they were finding that they were speaking to a lot of people who were maybe struggling to leave the house, still felt a bit fearful, and especially men that didn't really want to chat about how they were feeling. So we set up our first wellbeing group. Um, that now then led on to our, our women's wellbeing group. We've now set up a young person's wellbeing oh, group. Wow. Um, we have a monthly craft group. And really, you know, when you're talking about feel-good stories, they might not be the biggest, you know, um, events as such, but to see the friendships that are formed oh, and to see the support, the peer support, and people that have come in and said, oh, you know, I found out so much about, you know, the medication that I could be taking differently or or even just someone to chat to when they're feeling lonely to know that they can come out every month and, you know, be part of that group and have a bacon roll, a cup of tea and a chat, you know, yeah. that has really been um, incredibly heartwarming. To yeah. And I'm like, you can never underestimate like how much of an impact that has, mm -hmm. you know, on people, especially being able to connect with other people who or going through something similar, I think Absolutely. it's just, or sharing information, like you say. Mm -hmm. What do you kind of do in your wellbeing groups? What kind of activities do you do? Or do you just meet and chat? Or how, how regular do you meet? It's very much peer-led. So they're all monthly. Um, the men's group meets the first Tuesday of every month. The women's group's the first Wednesday of every month. 
The Young Persons Group is the third Wednesday in every month mm-hmm. um, and our craft group at the moment is monthly. That stopped for a little while but um, but no, generally the, the wellbeing groups are just peer led and it is really just a chance to get people together in a warm, safe environment where there's no judgement, you know, they feel free to chat. I was chatting to two ladies at the, the women's group this week and uh, they were saying how much just having that group to come down and chat freely in a non-judgmental way has really yeah. been life-changing for them. Yeah. You know, so that's that's really what we want to create and keep um, keep building on is giving people that that you know that safe yeah. warm space yeah. to come and, and share. And it's as much as like being able to share, it's actually having somebody to listen as well. And Absolutely. I think a lot of people, especially if you're struggling, you know, with health issues or whatever's going on in your life, actually having somebody who actively listens mm-hmm. is really important. So it's amazing to hear that you're kind of facilitating. It sounds kind of like a community hub almost more than anything. <laughs> Yes, and yeah. I mean that's we always say that that's what the oxygen works is like. It is just like a community, you know, the team, the board, you know, the clients that come in, you know, we're all just one big community. And you know, recently we lost one of our members very suddenly, and never has it been noticed more the the feeling of togetherness and the support that, you know, obviously we had to support the team as management, but the you know the clients that came in, the support that they gave to us, whether it was a hug or a little you know a packet of tablet or you know a cake or you know yeah. um, just people coming in saying you know we understand and we you know we know what you're going through, um, was was really quite amazing. Yeah, I I, I especially it's when you're in the throes of grief, you want to like just be Absolutely. with other people who kind of understand, mm-hmm. and that sounds like kind of how that went. That's beautiful, really. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about the kind of local community aspect that you've had here, and I know you said about like reaching out for MS services, being there's only two nurses in Highland. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about how you collaborate with local communities and health providers, and like how you provide or fulfil um, needs that they have. Mm-hmm. So we are very much um, we we really enjoy the sort of collaborative working, and I think in the Highlands especially, it's really essential that you know, we all sort of come together and work together because we're all so spread out and, you know, um, we've got such a large area to cover. You know, there's, you know, a chamber in the central belt will, you know, have Edinburgh just to look after or Glasgow just to look after. You know, we've got such a huge expanse and it covers such a a massive area, you know. Um, So we're very much into the collaborative working. Um, So, yeah, we've got our centre here, so we rent out... Um, all the different rooms that we can mm-hmm. um, at very affordable rates, all just that goes into the charity. Um, so we've been working with Move Forward from Elgin, who are now here two days a week. We have Sam that comes in and does auricular acupuncture two days a week. We've got Kasha who comes in and does bone therapy and cupping one day a week. Um, we have Jen who comes in and does um, Theraplate one day a week. So in terms of bringing in other people, you know, that's what we're trying to do is create this one space, almost like a one-stop shop that people can come in, you know, they can, you know, maybe have their session in the chamber, have a bit of lunch, you know, get their acupuncture, you know, have a cup of tea, you know, and just um, so that we can offer a range of services all in one place because, you know, if you've got, you know, additional needs or if you've got mobility issues Mm -hmm. to get around and you've always got so many appointments, so to have everything in one place. Yeah, 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 that actually will be so much easier for people to like manage that, I suppose, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. And especially if you've got somebody who's got quite complex health needs, like you say, having to kind of jot about from one thing to the next. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know lots of like my older family are constantly complaining, oh, I've got this, you know, doctor's appointment, then I've got to go and do this. And yeah, yeah it's like... It's Even just the practicality of if you're in a wheelchair. 
having to get in strapped into yeah. the van all the time you know all these different things and it's very exhausting for carers yeah. and things as well so I suppose these are things we just take for granted being well able-bodied mm -hmm. people you know so I wonder if you could tell us a wee bit more about what we could expect to see from the Oxygen Works maybe in the next couple of years, if there are any sneak previews you can give us, <laughs> getting all the insider info. <laughs> we would love to just take over the world, but actually we can't do that. So um, no, we obviously have plans for expansion, hopefully in the near future. At the moment it's just not the right market for sort of capital funding. Um, you know, everything we do is self-funded. Um, so. Yes, we would love to move to bigger premises um, and we are looking into that um, because we just like to be able to help, you know, as many people as we can. Mm -hmm. And how many service users do you have, say roughly, like, is it weekly or monthly? I don't know what the easiest for you to answer that, but how many people do you usually see? So roughly, I would say on a weekly basis, just in the oxygen chamber alone, we're looking at about 125 wow. um, per week. And then, you know, with you know, if you take into account all the other services, probably about another 40, 50 maybe. Wow. So we are we are kept busy. And then our wellbeing groups tend to, they can go, sometimes there's two people, sometimes there's 10 people. Yeah. It just kind of depends. Yeah. Uh -huh. that's, that's quite a big like base for you to start with. So mm -hmm. there's definitely, there's room for expansion there. I'm, I'm there for the world domination. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> So I wonder if we could maybe move on to managing the oxygen works and you know could you tell us a bit something interesting that people might not necessarily know about the oxygen works? Like I say I think the most surprising thing is that we've been here for so long and um, you know just people don't really don't really know that we're here. Mm -hmm. um, there's not a day goes by I mean we are sort of you know fighting that barrier you know breaking it down now um, especially after being the nominated charity at the Highland Business Dinner that really um, brought the Oxygen Works into the focus for a lot of people. Um, but I think just to know that it's, it's, that it's actually here I think is the most surprising thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, I've got to say I, I didn't know you guys were here until recently. So yeah, and I, I got lost on the way up here today as well. Somebody had told me, I think you had previous premises somewhere else. So have you moved? No, we've always been here and you know I think it's one of these places that everyone just drives past and sees the little mm -hmm. bungalow you know on the flyover and doesn't really <laughs> realise um, and you know but yeah like I say we're very small but very mighty and uh, you know we're very proud of everything that we've achieved over yeah. that 31 years. Yeah so you know you're talking about like wanting to kind of get more people to know about the charity um, you know if it's been based here for 31 years and things just start, starting to build its way up what are the kind of things you can do to or what you're looking into to kind of build that profile for the charity we've certainly started using our social media a lot more um, I do a little thing on a Friday called the Friday Roundup which just gives a little bit of news and photos about what's been happening throughout the week within the centre mm -hmm. um, we've just recently had our website redone um, completely um, jazzed up so that's been working really really well um so i think it's just moving and you know moving with the times and keeping yeah. up with what's Going happening the digital age. absolutely and making sure that you know if these opportunities do come up um with things like being the nominated uh, charity events you know that that's huge for us mm -hmm. you know because a lot of the time it's just it's getting the name out and then that's when the sort of fundraising and you know input can begin yeah um we do have our very first black tie event coming up next year on the Ooh. 7th of june uh, which is called the Spring Swing. Um, so we're on the lookout for sponsorship for that. But oh, this is the first time we've really put on a, a massive big event in the Kings Mills Hotel. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah. So we're very much looking forward to that and really hope it will be well attended. Get your dancing shoes on. Oh, absolutely. Live music, <laughs> lots of fun. 
Um, so yeah, well, you know, we're, we're going to be looking at sponsorship for that as well. But um, we're very excited about that because yeah. that that will be a really big night for us. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose that's all that will help towards like raising funds and things for the charity. Absolutely. Yeah, and I suppose that kind of moves nicely into my next question because I was going to ask what are the challenges that faces the charity right now, and I know probably across the board what I hear from charities is money and it's, it's the same with businesses that we've spoken to as well I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that the challenges that you've faced over the last few years sure well absolutely I mean if we all we all are facing the same difficulty we're all you know trying to pull from the same pot basically yeah. all the different charities and you know at a time when there's you know financial crisis going on you know we've had lockdown and we've had you know all the, the rise in the fuel costs and things you know people have less to give as well um, although you tend to find that people that have the, le the least give the most a lot yeah. of the time um, has been my experience working with um, with the different charities but um, so yeah just funding really and um, like I say we'd, we'd love to move to a, to a different you know to new premises but you know capital funding you know build money is just not there just yeah. now so you know it's all a, you know a question of timing and everything but certainly that's why we're doing the best as we you know best that we can at the moment to raise awareness mm -hmm. um you know and then obviously with that awareness and collaborative working within the highlands and things then mm -hmm. you know hopefully and does like a lot of your funding come from is it like fundraisers and things that you do or do you like try and get like grants and things from government or mm -hmm. we do apply for various different grants um, we don't get, we don't receive any funding from the NHS. Um, so generally, what when people come in to use the services here, um, because we're a charity, they are heavily subsidised, and we make everything as affordable as possible mm -hmm. for people. If they have any concerns about money, then you know we obviously try and help them out with that. Um, but generally, the the main income that we have is from people coming in to use the services. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And can anybody come in to use the service? You know, if there's if there's people uh, like home listening, and so they're like, oh, that sounds pretty good. Do they just do they just pop in, and can they get? Or you know, is it specifically more towards people with like specific kind of health needs or issues? We do see, I mean, you know, predominantly people with neurological conditions, but mm -hmm. basically anyone can come in and uh, and have a chat with us. The kettle's always on. Our door's always open. If anyone wants to come in and find out more about what we're doing, or is interested in the wellbeing groups or any of mm -hmm. the other services that are on offer here, mm -hmm. um, we're always more than happy to 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 sit, you know, sit down with people and have a chat. Mm -hmm. And you were talking a little bit about the pandemic, and that kind of leads into my next question because it was about like how did you, as the manager for Oxygen Works, overcome um, you know challenges in the past and I think you know across the board when I've been speaking to people Covid has been one of the biggest ones and I would imagine for something that is quite person-centered that would have been quite difficult and challenging to work around do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah sure well obviously I wasn't here basically all the services here had to close down mm -hmm. um, completely and uh, Leanne would tell you herself, you know, she put a wee note on the door saying we're closing for, you know, we'll let you know what's happening in a couple of weeks. You know, little did we know it was going to go on for yeah. as long as it did. Um, and then obviously we, we started to reopen again, but a lot of people, especially due to the nature, you know, of what we're doing here, breathing, you know, wearing a mask, all that kind of thing, people were very reluctant to come back. So it was a very slow um, sort of reintroduction of services. Everything was done in a very slow way um, so that people felt as comfortable as possible. Yeah. Um, but then once we did reopen fully, um, Leanne, who lives in Aviemore, got a call on Valentine's Day to say that somebody had walked past and there was water pouring out the letterbox. So we had a massive flood So and the whole ceiling came in. The whole building basically has been rebuilt from the inside. Oh um, so services were closed down again for another nine months. 
Um, So in terms of overcoming adversity, I think the Austrian Marx has had its fair share of um, drama and um, but what we do now on the 14th of February is we have a little party to celebrate that we've been open for two years not that we were closed for as long as we were Um, and we just make it you know we use it as a real positive thing we've got a lovely building Um, you know they obviously this the ceilings were all caved in everything had to get emptied and stripped out all the floors everything right up right up to the right up to the door here Um, was it a burst pipe or what? Burst pipe just above the chamber and we've, we've actually got the bit of pipe through there, it shows you, and it's just got a tiniest little hole that there was just water spraying everywhere. It's just a wee memorabilia. Like. Yeah, absolutely. So I think in terms of challenging times, COVID followed by the flood was um, was incredibly hard work for Leanne and for the rest of the team. You know, everything here is very much a team effort. Um, but like I say, they, they overcame and, uh, you know, rose above it and, and here we are. Yeah, and, and the building is beautiful, it really is. I, I, I didn't realise it was as big as it was as well. I just, yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing coming in today. It was, uh, it's quite the building. Um, so I wonder if you could tell us a wee bit more about your team and what you do to promote skills development within your team. Mm-hmm. So our team have actually gone through quite a few changes. Again, you know, changes that have come sort of off the back of COVID. We used to run a minibus service, uh, so we would, you know, we'd have two drivers that would go around and pick everybody up from Invergordon, Nairn, you know, places all around. Um, but after, you know, post-COVID, it wasn't really financially viable for us to do that anymore. So our people that were employed as van drivers then came in as chamber operators. Mm-hmm. So to see the change in them has been incredible. You know, yeah. they've really taken on their new roles um, amazingly well, and just recently this year. Um, we changed the rules again and uh, we're also now registered as real living wage employers. Um, So that was a really big deal that we want, you know, a really big sort of pinnacle point that we wanted to get to. So that's been really amazing this year. And um, in terms of training and everything, yeah, we do a lot of training and Kasha again has uh, started doing our physio assistant training. Mm -hmm. So anything that, that we need to, you know, to do to look at, you know, we're going through diversity training, you know, all different things. Um, but yeah, the guys have been great at, you know, like I say, we all pull together, we all come on board mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever challenges set, they, they tackle mm-hmm. it, no problem. So do you, do you think like skills development is quite important, like managing your team? Like, do you try and help, you know, promote them as much as you can? You know, you're talking about changes in job roles and things. How do you help like that environment as a manager? Oh, absolutely. It's about, um, with, with our guys, it's about confidence. It's about showing them that they are absolutely well equipped to do what is required. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the time it's, you know, it's about confidence building and, you know, just letting them know that their people skills and that the way they are is, is so appreciated by everybody that comes in. Yeah. Um, one of the other parts of training that they've been through is the um, mental health toolkit training with Mikey's Line. Oh, um, wow. Obviously, we have to have some very difficult conversations with people in here. Uh, people come to look to us for, for help and um, and so yeah, we've we've had people that have come in saying that they've made an attempt on their own lives, or um, so that was another bit of training that we undertook with Mikey's line was to to get them to come in. Yeah, um, I would imagine that'd be quite staple to kind of, you know, physical health has as much an impact on mental health oh, as absolutely. anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
Um, so yeah, we've done some training with Mikey's line as well. Yeah, oh, that's great. I I know they've done a few different bits with uh, workspaces, like workplaces, sorry, around um, Highland and things. Mm-hmm. So, and did all the team get that training? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh that's amazing. It really is because it's like if people are coming in and then they've got like a safe space to kind of go to and speak to, and then you're well equipped as well. Absolutely, because we can always signpost. That's no problem. You know, it's no problem for us to signpost to other to other organisations, but. You know, if people feel safe, um, and also we're very accessible for wheelchairs and things, and you know, if if people come to us and want to speak to us about it, then we we need to be well equipped to be able to deal with that. Yeah, I always think it's easy enough to say to signpost out somewhere else, and you know, ultimately that's probably where people do need to go is to get like the best professional help. But when you've got somebody in your doorway saying, mm-hmm. "I'm really struggling," you can't really just say, "Well, no, sorry, away you go." You've yeah, got to, yeah. you've got to kind of deal with the person mm-hmm. there and be a bit you know, have a bit of humanity about you, don't you? Absolutely. So it's, it's important to have that kind of training behind you. Um, so I wonder if you could tell us a wee bit about, um, you know, because a lot of our listeners are maybe young people or business owners themselves, um, are people looking at different career settings and sectors. I wonder if you would encourage young people to get involved in working with, um, you know, sector organisations or volunteering kind of like Oxygen Works. And mm-hmm. maybe you could talk a wee bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if anyone said to me, you know, you, which was better, you know, the charity worker, you know, working in the commercial sort of area, um, hands down, it would be the charity side because it brings its own sort of unique set of challenges, certainly in terms of funding and, you know, people you're dealing with. Um, but also it is so massively rewarding, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I just think there's not a day like I've not gone home and said I've had a terrible day at work, you know. Yeah. Um, it's a really rewarding, rewarding job to be in, and uh, yeah. So I would encourage anyone to, yeah. and even volunteering. You know, you're helping others, mm-hmm. which is you know gives you the feel good factor as well. Um, but volunteering is so essential to you know small organisations like mm-hmm. ours. Mm-hmm. You know, when we only have five staff, you know, so we need the volunteers to come in and help with various different things yeah. as well. Yeah. So if there's if there is somebody sat home who's thinking you know because I would I would probably be in this kind of uh, in this position you know when you're you're in school or you know leaving high school you don't usually think about third sector as like the career opportunity to mm-hmm. go into it's usually the more the private sector or you know those good old kind of sector roads that you go down so if there is somebody at home listening what would you recommend to them to do if they wanted to get involved with would it be going off and volunteering with with a charity or what's the kind of ways for them to get into that i think volunteering would be a really good uh, opportunity actually because what you would then be able to do is you know what what the time that you would be able to give even if you were only able to give say one day a month or one day you know every couple of months or whatever it's very you know it's not much time to you but for that organization it could be huge yeah you know and then if it's something that you feel that you're not quite slotting into right then you could go and try somewhere else you know and um so yeah i think volunteering would be an excellent way to to lead into that mm-hmm. sort of um kind of tie it all in yeah 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 it's i it's, it's one of the things that i did when I was in school and it was probably one of the most beneficial things I ever did was actually going volunteering with a charity because the skill set I learned was probably more than you know even the jobs like kind of Saturday jobs I used to do you know because you really interact yeah absolutely it's that interaction I think is so key so so a lot of the time when we are doing this podcast we are we are kind of getting into the nitty-gritty of how people market themselves and I think what would be really interesting is to hear from you like how do you market a charity is it 
Like, is it difficult? Like, what are the things that you, you do to kind of get your name out there as a charity? So obviously, like I say, we have um, got a brand new website that we just launched this year. This year? Last year. This year. Um, and, it, <laughs> and that's great. Like we've been able to integrate a really good FAQ section into that. So that's really helpful for people that are just finding out about us for the first time. Um, and we use social media a lot more where our Instagram's much more active than it used to be. And on Facebook, like I say, we do our little Friday roundup and we use that more as a sort of newsletter. So. Uh -huh. um, anything that's upcoming, any of our wellbeing groups, any of the extra events that we're doing, everything just goes through our Facebook page. Mm -hmm. um, we also, um, you know, obviously work together with um, our board and recently, just at the beginning of the year, we recruited onto our board a chap who specializes in marketing, which oh, has been excellent. Yeah. Um, he's been super enthusiastic and really helpful at, um, at giving us ideas on what we need to be doing going forward. Mm -hmm. And just basically going out there a bit more, attending more of them, you know, the networking events that go on round about. Mm -hmm. um, and we're finding that really beneficial. So it's mm -hmm. just, it's a case of doing more than that. But the, the, the word we always come up with is capacity. You know, we've got a very limited capacity with such a small team. And if one person's out of the building, you can really feel it, especially if it's yeah. for an extended time. Um, so if two of us, you know, have to go to attend a meeting, it just leaves three here. So sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. when we're so busy, it can be yeah. tricky. Well, I, I know, like I have, I started my own business at the start of this year. So I know how hard it is grappling with all the things that you need to do. And then you've got the social media bit on the side, which just seems increasingly more and more important these days. But how do you know that you're doing it right? Are, like, and you're connecting with your customer and, you know, how are you getting on with, because I think there's, I don't know how many different platforms <laughs> there is now. There's this new Threads one that's oh, come no. out and I'm like, oh, goodness me. It's, well, it's just too much. <laughs> instead of spreading out and just doing a little on each one, we're, you know, we're concentrating on, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and that's where we do the majority of our stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we can tell it's working because, the, you know, we are getting, you know, our, when you look at the analytics, you know, certainly numbers are going the right way. And, and we're having a lot more people that come in saying, oh, I heard about you when I saw this on Facebook or I heard about you when I saw, you know, a lot of it's word of mouth, obviously, because of where we are in the Highlands, everybody yeah. chats, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but um, but no, I think I think it's working well. and. Um, like I say, when, we, when, we, when we're nominated for Charity of the Year or um, when we're invited along to any of these bigger events and we're put you know, in front of all these local businesses, then that, that's really the ideal. That's an, that's an excellent situation. And do you quite enjoy doing the social media stuff? Like what kind of content are you putting out there? Is it like day in the life? Or yeah, we do lots of different things. We do lots of different things. And definitely the things that get the most likes are pictures of the team doing, yeah. doing whatever they're doing when it's National Pizza Day, having a pizza yeah. or, you know, all these different things. Um, yeah, any, any, anything that's got pictures of the team seem to go down well. Yeah, so I think yeah. they're, they're a popular bunch. Yeah. I'm always looking for ideas to steal off people. That's why I asked, <laughs> like running out of ideas. Yeah, I know, I think people must be getting sick on my face by now, <laughs> but apparently not. <laughs> so I just wanted to kind of move on into the future for the Oxygen Works and wanted to ask how you are developing your services, you know, for the future. I know you talked a little bit about looking at new premises but are you looking at maybe getting some other services in is there any kind of plans around that it's an ever-changing beast really um, and we're very lucky that we've you know managed to pull in all the services that we do and um, with all the different smaller businesses that we have working out of the center here and um, so yeah very much more of that um you know as i mentioned before we're really into the sort of collaborative working in the highlands mm -hmm. um with various different local businesses um, and organizations so yeah, just carrying on with doing what we're doing. I think what we're doing, it's been such a big change in the past sort of couple of years to do it the way that we are. 
So really just building on that and, you know, and creating the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the best services that we can for, for our clients that come in. Yeah, I think that collaborative thing is the most important. It's, it's a, what I hear from a lot of charities, even businesses, I suppose. It's like, it's really looking at like, well, look, we're, we're open to ideas. Let's have a chat kind of thing. So that'll yeah. be, and at the end of the day, that benefits your, your service users going forward, doesn't it? And that's the thing. We're all here for the same reason and we just want to help people. So if we can do it all together, then all the better. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, you know you know where to come and call if you've got any ideas. <laughs> um, and I wonder if you want to talk to us um, a bit about the ways that individuals and businesses in the local community can get involved or support the work that you do. Is there volunteering opportunities, or what can they do to kind of assist Oxygen Works if they're interested? Absolutely, there's all you know always something to be done. So you know. Even if people wanted to maybe sponsor a week at the Oxygen Works, or you know, but if, if anyone wants to approach us and come down, we're always happy to you know listen to different ideas. There's always volunteering opportunities, um, you know, sponsorship of events, you know, all these different things, um, or even just chatting with people about the Oxygen Works and what we do, mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, I listened to this excellent podcast about the Oxygen Works," you know, mm-hmm. um, certainly within Inverness itself, you know, word of mouth. As soon as one pe- you know one person hears about something, it gets spread around. So. Um, yeah, just keep our name in mind and just chat with people about it because the more people that know we're here, the more people will benefit. So you've successfully given our listeners homework, everybody's listening to this, (laughs) go and speak about the Oxygen Works in your day-to-day lives. Um, And I wonder if there is anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners about your business, if there's, about your charity, sorry, if there's anything else you want to to kind of put out there or, or speak about, about Oxygen Works that you think might be important follow our Facebook page, <laughs> get, on the, get on the socials, have a look at our website. Uh-huh. Uh, no, if you're interested at all in coming down to see us, our door is always open, that's what I would say about here. You know, our door is always open. Come in, find out what we're all about, um, see what we do and uh, yeah, come and meet the team. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's a very welcoming place, I can tell you that. Well, I actually am gonna give you an opportunity to do a little self-plug. So if you want, how can our listeners connect with Oxygen Works online or you know, coming down here? Do you want to give your, your handles a wee plug so people <laughs> can follow you? <laughs> so we're on Facebook, LinkedIn um, and Instagram. Um, and we also have our door is always open, come down for tea, coffee, come down for one of our wellbeing groups. You don't have to have any you know, certain conditions or anything. Everyone's always welcome. We have lovely homemade soup. We have lovely bacon rolls. And there's always cakes, biscuits that were very kindly donated on the go, um, which doesn't help the waistline. But, um, but yeah, always just, um, always just know that the door is always open and anyone's welcome to come in. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. It's, it's, it really, really has been a pleasure. So I hope our listeners have got a lot of information about the work that you're trying to do. Hopefully they'll go and spread it by word of mouth and follow you on Instagram and all the other handles as well. Um, anything about sponsorships, like please do come down. I know they're looking <laughs> for them. Um, but thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Good Business Podcast. Um, I've been your host. My name's Danny. And we will see you on to the next podcast. Take care.